Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is the look ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Scott Sattenberg back here with you. It is The Look Ahead here on VCV Sports Betting Network. And on Wednesday night, we have the return or debut, depending on which way you want to look at it. Kyrie Irving will play for the Brooklyn Nets in Indiana against the Pacers, and his Nets teammates are very much looking forward to this. Why? Because the Nets are in a little bit of a funk right now. They got a three-game skid Going into Indiana right now, they are six-and-a-half-point favorites on the early line. And uh, I absolutely think that from everything that the players are saying, Kyrie Irving is going to give this team a boost. Uh, I'll read you a couple of quotes here. This is from, let's see, we have James Harden. It definitely gives us a spark, something that we're going to need in a three-game skid right now. It definitely gives us a spark and a blessing that we can have him back. We got to do things in the film session to continue to get better with our principles and our detail. Adding Kyrie is more special. Uh, Kevin Durant said he loves to play. He loves being out there with his teammates. So I can't wait to see him out there. This is our livelihoods. This is something we dream about every day to go through this situation and get an opportunity to play right now. I know there's a lot of emotions going through his head and his teammates. we got to be there to support him from the beginning of it. He's starting to get his rhythm and figure out how he wants to play and just go from there. Uh, So the Nets in a little bit of a funk, as I mentioned, dropping three straight games. Now getting Kyrie Irving back here for Wednesday night against the Pacers, uh, I think, it's the Brooklyn Nets all the way. The Pacers playing, keep in mind, the second night of a back-to-back. They just lost to the Knicks here on Tuesday night, 104-94. And now you welcome in the Brooklyn Nets, who are looking to get uh, off the schneid and have a little bit of a boost with uh, Kyrie Irving's season debut. Yeah, I absolutely think that we are going to get um, an exciting performance from Kyrie don't exactly know how much he's going to play if there's going to be any minutes restrictions or anything like that. But you would imagine with him only playing on the road, it, it's going to be pedal to the metal, right? And then just let him rest the games that he's not going to play in at home. 
So taking a look at the Brooklyn Nets schedule right now, they play on Wednesday night in Indiana. So Kyrie Irving will play in that game. Then up next for the Nets is going to be uh, at home against Milwaukee and at home against San Antonio. So he won't play in those games. Then next Monday and Tuesday at Portland, at Brooklyn. Excuse me, at Portland, at Chicago. That Chicago game next Wednesday uh, will be nationally televised. So uh, you will get Kyrie Irving playing in that game. And then it's a two-game homestand. And then here's the stretch now. A four-game road trip from January 17th to January 23rd. Cleveland, Washington, San Antonio, Minnesota. And then they have another road trip. Golden State, Phoenix, Sacramento, Utah, Denver. So those are two lengthy road trips that you're going to get Kyrie Irving for every game. So that's going to benefit the Brooklyn Nets here moving forward is they'll have these long stretches on the road, four games, five games, and then uh, you'll have Kyrie for all of those games on the road. So I do expect him to give the uh, Nets a boost here on Wednesday. Uh, We gave out yesterday a play for Tuesday night's NBA slate. And it was courtesy of uh, our NBA analyst, uh, Jonathan Von Tobel, who joined me on yesterday's show. And he had talked about the lack of a crowd in Toronto. Because of the COVID protocols, they were limiting to about 1,000 fans in attendance at Scotiabank. And when you watch the games on TV, it looked like there was really no one there in attendance. Um, So not even like a 1,000. And you go back and you look at the performances in the bubble and looked at the performances last year where there were no fans in the arenas and the point totals were very high, very high scoring because the players were enjoying the benefit of a better sight line with the basket without having the crowd in the background. The first two games for the Raptors playing at home, both went over. It was a 116-108 against the Clippers, 120-105 against the Knicks. And so I said, let's just play the over against the Spurs. And the over hit. A 129-104 win for Toronto. So that's now three straight overs for them. In fact, if you just look at Toronto on the season, okay, they are on the year the best over team in the NBA. 21-13 and 13 to the over this season. They are the best over team in the NBA. Up next, if you're just looking at their home games, because that's where we're going to want to take advantage of those sight lines, really. And that's going to be on Friday against Utah. And uh, Utah is 19-17-1 to the over uh, this season. So take a look at what the total is for that game at, uh, at home against Utah and then at home against New Orleans Friday and Saturday and then home to Phoenix on Sunday. So three straight home games for Toronto Friday, Sunday, and Tuesday uh, before they go on the road for five games. So we won't be able to take advantage of it. But for those three games, 
Friday, Sunday, and Tuesday. Utah, New Orleans, and Phoenix. Three home games for Toronto. Take a look at the totals and see if they can keep this over streak going, uh, especially at home. Um, they are 21-13 and 13 to the over this season. At home, they are 12-8 and eight to the over. So that's where they are right now. Um, but it's been two straight or three straight now ever since the crowd adjustment or lack of crowd with the COVID protocols there up in Toronto. Your other games for Wednesday's schedule, you have the Hornets, nine-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Pistons. The Wizards, six-and-a-half-point home favorites against the Rockets. The Sixers, seven-and-a-half-point on the road against the Magic. The Warriors are five-point favorites at the Mavericks. Uh, The Celtics, eight-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Spurs. San Antonio playing the second night of a back-to-back as uh, they just lost in Toronto. In fact, both San Antonio and Toronto are playing again on uh, Wednesday. The Spurs are at the Celtics. The Raptors are at the Bucks. The Bucks are nine-point favorites in that game. Uh, the Timberwolves are eight-point favorites at home against the Thunder. And the Oklahoma City Thunder this season are the third best team in the NBA against the spread. They are 23 and 13 ATS this season. They're eight point dogs uh, at Minnesota. The Hawks and Kings are a pick em in Sacramento and Portland is a one point favorite at home against Miami. No Jimmy Butler playing for the Miami Heat and uh, the Kings they played here on Tuesday as well. So uh, they're playing on the second out of a back-to-back. They lose to the Lakers, 122-114. So that's your update there in the association. Favorites went 4-1, and one, both straight up and against the spread here on uh, Tuesday. The only upset was the Grizzlies, plus 3.5 against the Cavaliers. And the overs went 3-1. And one, the push was Memphis and Cleveland at 216. Speaking of totals, this is something that uh, we talked about on this show. Oof. I guess it was the first, I guess it was right after Christmas when the NHL returned and every game went over. And I wondered if the, the, the layoff had an effect on these teams where we were going to start to see overs really coming in. Well, overs on Tuesday went 5-3. and three. And since the start of the year, so since January 1st, 17-7-1 NHL overs. Since games returned after Christmas, so that was on December 28th, Overs are 28, 16, and 1. So 63.6%, but 70.8% here in 2022 NHL overs. NHL favorites on Tuesday, by the way, 7 and 1, with the only upset being the Predators, who won 3 2 at the Golden Knights. And that game was pretty much a pick 'em. I mean, they were, you know, uh, the Knights were like minus 105 or something like that. So favorites just winning. And it's funny, I looked at the schedule 
when I talked about the games last night, I said, we have some heavy favorites on the board, and you might just want to play the heavy favorites. And I didn't do it because, obviously, I don't do a lot of things that I say. And I should have because they all won. Seven and one, the favorites, with the only loss being the Golden Knights losing at home to the Predators. Vegas, by the way, a little bit of a skid here. They've lost two straight games, and they welcome in my New York Rangers on Thursday. I'm Scott Sadenberg. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Get back into the football discussion coming up next, right here on The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's kids-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is the look ahead on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for Moneyline, Over, Under, and Against the Spread bets. Betting splits are another way. VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network, and taking a look at the NFL Week 18 schedule. Yes, there are a couple of trends that uh, I've given out before, and I'll repeat them again. Um, for instance, the Buffalo Bills, this is something that we talked about with Dave Ross uh, last hour, is that the Buffalo Bills last 17 wins in the regular season. So that's all 10 wins this season. And their last seven wins last season are all by double digits. 
when they win, they win by 10 or more. They are, or they were, 17-point favorites against the Jets. And I said last night, I really hope this line drops so I can tease them down and get it below 10. And guess what? It has. It's at 16.5 right now up on DraftKings. And while it might sound like a ridiculous teaser side, if I can get the Bills at minus 9.5, first of all, I think they cover the 16.5 anyway. But... Getting them at minus nine and a half is buying them past that key number of 10. But also, it locks them into this trend of when they win, it's by 10 or more. The last 17 regular season wins. We're not talking about like four or five. We're talking about every single win this season for the Buffalo Bills has been by 10 or more. And the last seven wins of last season. This year, 35-0 over the Dolphins, 43-21 over Washington, 40-0 over the Texans, 38-20 over the Chiefs, 26-11 over the Dolphins, 45-17 the last time they played the New York Jets, 31-6 against the Saints, 31-14 against the Panthers, 33-21 against the Patriots, and 29-15 against the Falcons. Bills are winning this game, and it's going to be by double digits. They need to win to clinch the AFC East. They're not going to let this opportunity slip by them. They let opportunities slip by them when they lost back-to-back weeks to the Patriots and the Buccaneers. It's not going to happen here against the New York Jets, who last week looked as good as they have looked all season. But that's, that's it. That was their home finale. And it's easy to get up for a game like that. You got Tom Brady, who has been the jet killer for his entire career with the years in New England. And he comes in defending Super Bowl champs. And yes, even though it's a division rivalry, the Bills, compared to the Dolphins and the... Patriots are the least rival in that, like the lowest rival in that division for the Jets. It's the Dolphins and the Patriots. Then it's the Buffalo Bills. That's the rivalry for the New York Jets. So going up to Buffalo or going up to Orchard Park to play this game, it's not, it's not going to add any juice for the Jets. Bills win this one. They win it convincingly. They lock up the AFC East. And if you want to tease it down, like I will, it's a tremendous trend here. Again, the last 17 regular season wins for the Buffalo Bills have all been by 10 or more points. It's as simple as that. And then there's the other trend. Those New England Patriots having to go to Miami to play against the Dolphins. They were seven-point favorites. That line has actually dropped down to six and a half. And perhaps Miami is the right side here. Brian Flores obviously has that familiarity with Bill Belichick. And the Dolphins have played the Patriots extremely well. 
over the last decade or so. If you just look at, okay, this season, they won in week one. Last season, they split. And then they've split every year since 2017. 2016 was the last time that a team swept. The Patriots won both of those games. And it didn't happen for a couple years prior to that. It was a split every year. And so you're saying, all right, well, maybe the Patriots are going to win this one because it's going to be another split. Okay, I can see that. But the trend is, is that the Dolphins have won six of the last eight years in Miami. Six of the last eight years in Miami have gone to the Dolphins. Last year, a 22-12 win. The year before that, Patriots won 43-0. Year before that, Dolphins win. 2017, Dolphins win. 2016, the Patriots won. 2015, 14, and 13, the Dolphins won. So starting in 2013, that's six of the last eight years the Dolphins have won in Miami. Dolphins are currently six-and-a-half-point dogs to the New England Patriots, who, uh, with a win and a Bills loss, would win the division. The Bills aren't losing to the Jets, and I think I think the Patriots know that. I'm not going to say that they're going to play any, you know, less, any, you know, they're not going to play whatever, uh, any harder or whatnot, but they still have things to play for. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that the Patriots are going to lose this game. Maybe the Dolphins cover this game. I'm just saying the trends are the trends. But the Patriots still have a lot to play for because if they lose this game and fall to 10-7 and seven, and the Colts win and improve to 10-7, and seven, the Colts are the five seed, the Patriots are the six seed. And in fact, the Patriots would be the... Yes, they'd be the sixth seed because they beat the Chargers. So they have the tiebreaker over the Chargers. And let's say if they lose and the Raiders win, Patriots, wow, they would have they would both be tied with conference record. I, I wonder, let's see, strength of victory. 394. The rate actually the Patriots might drop down to the seven. If they lose and the Colts win and the Raiders win, because at 10 and 7, the Raiders and the Patriots would both be 8 and 4 in the conference. And right now, the Raiders' strength of victory is better than the Patriots. So, very interesting. A lot of things on the line here for New England. So, they obviously want to win. And uh, But if they win, maybe they're playing Buffalo again. And maybe they don't want to in the first round. But I don't think you can get into that game. I don't think you can pick your opponents. I don't think you start doing that. Just win, and wherever the chips may fall, you go ahead and do that. Uh, there's another interesting trend uh, as well, and that is the Indianapolis Colts going to Jacksonville, where the Colts are heavily favored right, like heavily favored in this one. 
Current spread is Indianapolis at where, 15 points, okay? 15 points for the Colts. But for some reason, they don't win in Jacksonville. <laughs> like, that, it's very strange. Um, in 2020, last year, the Jags beat the Colts 27 to 20. In 2019, the Jaguars beat the Colts 38 to 20. In 2018, the Jaguars beat the Colts 6 0. In 2017, the Jaguars beat the Colts 30 to 10. <laughs> this is like, this is wild. In 2016, the Jaguars beat the Colts 30 to 27. In 2015, Jaguars won 51 to 16. The last time the Colts beat the Jaguars in Jacksonville was September 21st of 2014, a 44-17 win. There's not good history when the Colts go down to Jacksonville. I'm, I don't know if it'll happen this week, an upset, but the trends are on the side of the Jacksonville Jaguars at home against the Indianapolis Colts. I'm Scott Sandberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, our very own Matt Humans joins me right here on The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all new Big Game Big Dance special provides VSIN plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bets emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming Big Game, and College Hoops betting guides, plus full access to VSIN.com with all our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of the best deals of the year. Visit vcin.com slash big deal to sign up today. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. Joined now by our very own vcin.com point spread weekly contributor, host of The Edge. He is Matt Humans joining me on the look ahead. And Matt, when you look at NFL week 18, obviously a lot on the line for teams looking for wins to make it to the playoffs. There's pressure but there could also be advantages to to really look at this board and make a lot of money. Do you agree with that? Where there are some games here where they're kind of kind of eye opening, thinking, yeah, that's that's going to hit here. Yeah, I typically love week seventeen, which is now week eighteen. I think you can uh, you can find some great spots on the board. A lot of times, you see some overreactions with the number. And uh, I'm trying to find some of those spots as we speak this week because this is a little bit different with the COVID situations, too, that we haven't had to deal with uh, much in the past. Uh, You know, for example, uh, Monday, I was thinking the Philadelphia Eagles might be live against the Cowboys on uh, Saturday night in that home game because I like Gardner Minshew as backup quarterback. I Mm. think the Eagles can win with him. And then you find out Monday the Eagles had to put several key players on the COVID uh, list. So I'm not quite sure. Uh, what to do with that game right now. I heard the same thing about the Bengals and the Browns game because I still think, uh, Scott, been talking about this for two months, I still think the Browns had a better chance to win games with Case Keenum at quarterback yeah. than they did with Baker Mayfield. And we're going to see Keenum at quarterback in that game. So I think that might be something to watch as well. Um, other games on the board, 
there's only three games on the board that are meaningless in terms of playoff implications. Mm-hmm. I will I will tell you that uh, one I'm looking at with playoff implications, and I have bet is I took five with uh, the 49ers against the Rams. You know, it's uh, there's a lot of media hype about Matthew Stafford, but man, he's thrown some ugly picks. And uh, I was talking about this with JVT the other day. It seems like Stafford either plays a really good first half and a terrible second half or a terrible first half and a good second half. He's not putting a full game together without making some big mistakes. And you saw that against the Ravens. I think Rams have been lucky to win some of these games down the stretch. The Niners are a desperate team here. they got to win to get in the playoffs. Yeah, the Rams can clinch the NFC West with wins, so they have plenty of incentive too. But I think the dog is going to be live in uh, that game Sunday afternoon. So I took five with uh, the 49ers. And also uh, Sunday night in Vegas, I took three with the with the Raiders. I, I, and part of the reason is it looks like tight end Darren Waller is going to be back. Mm. And Waller missed the last five games. Yeah, he obviously left the Thanksgiving Day game with an injury, and that's when uh, the Raiders won at Dallas 36-33. In those five games since, the Raiders' offense has scored only 16 points a game. So they've been lucky to uh, go 3-2 and two in those five games without Waller. But this is a division revenge spot. The Chargers won the first meeting 28-14 in week four. Derek Carr put an awful first half in that game, and I think it's going to be an electric atmosphere in Vegas on Sunday night. I expect that game to live up to the hype and go down to the wire. And I took the three with Vegas. If it turns out late in the week that uh, Darren Waller is not going to play, I could probably just get off the game and lay a cheap yeah. money line price with the Chargers, you know, something like that. But I, I certainly did not think that number was ever going to go to three and a half. So I took three with the Raiders. And also with the Dolphins out of playoff contention, I've been riding the Patriots often uh, this season. And this is a payback game. The Dolphins have had about as strange a season as you're ever going to see in the NFL. <laughs> it won. You know, we <laughs> they won in that upset at New England in week one, then they lost seven in a row, and then won seven in a row. It was the only team in NFL history to do that. And uh, then they got steamrolled at Tennessee last week. But if you look at who the Dolphins beat during that seven-game win streak, I don't think any of those teams are going to be in the playoffs. Nope. And uh, most of them were garbage opponents. I think the Patriots uh, would probably be a pretty good bet as six-and-a-half-point favorites at Miami. But as far as some of these other games, I haven't jumped too early because – you know, waiting on some good information about who's going to play and who's not. I think the Ravens will probably be a good bet against the Steelers if Lamar Jackson's going to play. Don't you get the sense, watching last night, that the Steelers just don't have any juice left on offense? Yeah. And I think that was kind of their Super Bowl to win in Big Ben's uh, finale. And, that, man, this Baltimore team's got to be on edge a little bit, losing so many close games, so many games by one and two points down the stretch. And I think if Lamar Jackson's back – the Ravens would probably be the play in that game. Well, it's amazing, you know, if they just decide to kick extra points instead of going for two, who knows? They could be in the playoffs right now. Uh, but you, you live and die by those decisions. Uh, you mentioned the Patriots. Does it concern you at all, the history in Miami? They've lost six of their last eight games down in South Florida. Yeah, I've certainly thought about that. And uh, that, that's a factor. Obviously, uh, all those games were with um, Tom Brady and yep. uh, Cam Newton, right? Did Cam Newton yep. start that game last year? Yes. Um, the Patriots had their get-right game last week. They dropped two in a row. You knew they were there was a pretty good chance they were going to blow out uh, Jacksonville. I just love the way this Patriots team is put sure. together, and I think Bill Belichick's defense is going to cause Tua all sorts of problems. He got sacked four times, threw a pick, lost a fumble against Tennessee, 
I think this New England defense is very comparable to the Tennessee defense that Mike Vrabel put together. So, yeah, there's always a concern, any bets you make. And uh, certainly one of the things I was thinking about was the Patriots that don't have a history of playing well in South Beach. <laughs> Let me tell you about one of my favorite plays for this week, and it's an unconventional okay. teaser, okay? And, and, and if you know me, you know I love unconventional teasers. But as soon as the Buffalo Bills drop to, from 17 to 16 and a half, a seven-point teaser will take them below 10. Do you know, Maddie? the last 17 regular season wins for the Buffalo Bills have been by 10 or more points? All 10 wins this season by double digits, and their last seven wins of last season by double digits. When they win, they win by 10 or more. They will beat the Jets by double digits this Sunday. I like that. Tweet that out on Seidenberg stats and info. Yeah. <laughs> the last, last 17 wins by the Bills by 10 or more. Okay. Yeah. That's that's actually a, a pretty interesting fact I did not know. But, yeah, I did see that number drop from 17 to 16 and a half. So uh, keep that in mind. That's, uh, you know, I'm not surprised the Jets actually covered against the Buccaneers last week. But, I, I don't think they're going to be that competitive against that the was their Super Bowl. Tom Brady coming into their house, you know, the mm-hmm. Super Bowl champs. That's his, that's the best they've looked all season. So I yeah. think that was their that was their final game of the season. They're going to they're going to mail it in here uh, up in Orchard Park. Um, and then another crazy trend, which is probably not going to get broken, uh, probably going to get broken. I should say this someday. The Colts haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014. <laughs> is yeah. that is that wild? That is wild. <laughs> we talked about that on our show a couple of days ago because JVT is a big Colts fan. Yeah. And uh, obviously, this is this was week one last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know Brent Musburger hates it when we keep bringing it up, but Brent got knocked out of the Circus Survivor contest in week one last year when the Colts lost that day. <laughs> oh, no. He and a lot of other people. Yeah, absolutely. While I have you, Matt, let's talk about the College Football Playoff National Championship game. Uh, Alabama, Georgia, I would think that everyone, I looked at the betting splits, it's like 70% right now on Alabama. I'm on Georgia. I'm hoping that the money line gets lower so that I can just bet them on the money line. It's minus 145 right now. I'd like to risk a little less than that, but it doesn't even matter. I'm all over Georgia. I think that from my perspective, I know people are going to say you get an opportunity to get Alabama as an underdog. You have to take it. But I think that that game was an outlier. And the Georgia team that we saw against Michigan, that's the team that I've watched all season. Uh, that's who Georgia is. And they will right the ship here. And I'm going to back them to get revenge here against Alabama and finally get over that hump. Where do you stand on the national championship? Yeah, I think that's going to be a strong two-way action game because you can make a really good case both ways. I'm not going to sit here and try to discredit the case for Georgia. I was on I was on Bama the first time these teams played. I took six and a half and yeah, smart. took seven again. Yeah. You know, when I hit seven, I, I just felt like the Georgia defense had not been tested through the air, had not been stretched vertically by a good quarterback and speed receivers. And that's what Bryce Young and Bama did the first time, put the ball in the air forty five times. He threw for four hundred and twenty one yards. Now I don't think that's gonna happen this time because you're not gonna catch the Georgia defense by surprise. And uh, I think the Bulldogs be much better prepared, but Hey, man, I bet Bama the first time. I'm going to bet them again. So we're going to be on opposite sides. I already took the three with Bama. This, it's a simplistic thing for me, but if you give me the much better coach, a much better quarterback in the underdog role, I'm, I'm going to play it. And I'm just not a Kirby Smart fan, Scott. <laughs> not a lot of Kirby's people are, Matt. You know? <laughs> Kirby Smart, 
is just going to have to prove to me that he could beat Nick Saban. All right, listen, Georgia wins by one. We both go home happy, all right? There you go. Okay. <laughs> Matt, appreciate the time. <laughs> Thanks so much, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, you bet. Thanks. There he is, Matt Humans. Uh, catch him on the edge Monday through Friday, 4 o'clock Eastern time, right here on VSIN. You read them all over vsin.com, point spread weekly as well. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. This is the look ahead right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcasts. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsin.com slash podcasts and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They are all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Zadenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. Week 18 is going to be an incredible opportunity in the NFL for the player prop market. There are a number of players that have either milestones or incentives to hit as far as stats. And when the prop market opens up this weekend, you'll compare those numbers to what needs to happen for these players 
and that's where we can really make some money and bet some overs. Uh, for instance, uh, let's just start with the incentives. Stefan Diggs needs six receptions to get a $1.55 million bonus. He's got 94 catches on the season. He needs 100 catches to get the bonus. If you see Stefan Diggs prop open up at over under five and a half receptions, take the over. That's one example. Uh, Rob Gronkowski needs seven catches to get to $500,000. He needs 85 yards to get to another $500,000. I'm going to take the over on both Gronk receptions and Gronk yards. I think Brady will feed him. They'll know, hey, a million dollars on the line. Brady's going to want to get Gronk involved, get him some catches, get him some yards. Let's hit hit that incentive. How about A.J. Green? 75 yards needed to earn 250 grand. He also needs 10 catches for 250 grand more. Uh, 10 catches for 75 yards for A.J. Green. Cardinals, you know, maybe the 49ers lose, and they could be in a situation where they win and the uh, Rams lose to the 49ers. And guess what? The Cardinals win in the division. A.J. Green last week had three catches for 74 yards. Okay, that was against the Cowboys. He, without DeAndre Hopkins, why not throw it to him? Ten catches for 250K, 75 yards for 250K. Uh, this one is interesting and fun. Rex Burkhead, who has been the guy for the Texans ever since David Johnson went down a couple of weeks ago and also spent time on the COVID list, Rex Burkhead has got 63 touches of the football over the past three weeks. He needs 103 total yards to get $125,000. That would be cool. And uh, he needs to, he can earn another $125,000 if he plays 30% of offensive snaps this season. He's right now at 33.5%, so as long as he plays the majority of the snaps in this game, he'll be fine. Uh, other miles, other incentives, um, let's see, for Brady, uh, if he, these are like top five in the league, top three in the league, you know, things like that. You know, not going to look at anything crazy here. Uh, but Brady could, if he has a monster passing game, and I'm talking about a Joe Burrow monster passing game, 488 yards is what Tom Brady would need to surpass Peyton Manning and break the single-season passing record. Brady right now has thrown for, where is he, 4,990 yards. So let me look at his game logs this season. 488 is what he would need to surpass Peyton Manning. He threw for 410 last week against the Jets. Uh, He threw for 411 against the Dolphins. He threw for 432 against the Rams. Those are the only three games he threw for over 400 yards. It's highly unlikely that it happens, but I I would take a flyer on an over on Tom Brady passing yards. Thinking maybe, hey, take take a shot. Maybe maybe he gets it. Maybe he goes for it. Who knows? 
I don't think he gets it, but wouldn't put it past Tom Brady to want to be number one in anything. Uh, Mike Evans needs 54 receiving yards for his eighth straight 1,000-yard season. Evans became the only player to start a career with seven consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. And he can now be the eighth, uh, now have an eighth consecutive 1,000-yard um, season. Jamar Chase needs just 45 yards to break the single-season record for rookies. Uh, Kyle Pitts needs 59 yards to break the single-season record for tight end rookies. Mark Andrews needs 141 yards to break the single-season tight end record. Now, look, it's we have an extra game of the season, so there will be records that will be broken. We'll talk about Cooper Cup in a second, but that's going to happen with the um, – extra game on the season. Like Cooper Cup has come out and said, hey, I don't really like it. It's not cool because of, um, you know, we have an extra game. So maybe the maybe it should be separate records, but whatever. Hey, listen, this is the rules of the rules. Major League Baseball dealt with this when, when they expanded the season. Uh, it just, this is what happens, okay? You know, this is what, this is what happens. Uh, so Mark Andrews can break the record for single season yardage for a tight end. Uh, 141 yards. Can he get there? Well, he has 465 yards in the last four games alone. Um, But 141 is a lot. This season, Mark Andrews did have a game against the Colts where he had 147. Uh, Two weeks ago, he had 125. Three weeks ago, he had 136 and four weeks ago, he had 115. So maybe uh, Lamar Jackson, if he plays, gets out there, starts feeding them and feeding them, and um, they can get to uh, he can get to the uh, record there. Um, Jonathan Taylor not going to get to 2,000. He needs 266 rushing yards. That would be incredible uh, if he gets there. Right? Could you imagine that on the final day of the season against the Jacksonville Jaguars? that Jonathan Taylor goes out and rushes for 266 yards and gets to the 2,000-yard mark, that would be insane. The high watermark this season for Jonathan Taylor was the 172-yard performance against the New York Jets. He had 170 yards, or excuse me, he had 185 yards against the Buffalo Bills. So that's the high watermark for Jonathan Taylor this season. Uh, six different quarterbacks could pass for over 5,000 yards. So that's exciting stuff there. And Cooper Cup chasing records here. Cup needs 12 catches to get the single season reception record. He needs 136 yards to get the single season yardage record. Can he do it against the 49ers? The last time these two teams played, Cup had 11 catches on 13 targets for 122 yards. So as long as Stafford just plays the same game and goes to Cooper Cup 13 times, he'll have the opportunity, like I said, he had 11 catches for 122 yards. The last time he played the 49ers, he needs 12 and 136 to break both records. I give you all these stats and info here to just say, Take a look at the prop market right now. 
I'm I'm going over on Diggs receptions, over on Gronk receptions, over on Gronk yardage, over on AJ Green receptions, over on AJ Green yardage, over on Rex Burkhead total yards, over on Cooper Cup catches, over on Cooper Cup yards, over on Brady yards, over on Mike Evans yards, over on Jamar Chase, over on Kyle Pitts, over on Mark Andrews. These are props that depending on what the numbers are, because some of them might be bizarre. Like Jamar Chase, he might have a total that's just way too high because he only needs 45 to set the record. And, uh, again, we don't know who's playing even for the for the Bengals in this one, so you might hold off on that. But when the props market opens up this weekend prior to these games, if you see Kyle Pitts is at over under 50-something yards, yeah, take the over. He needs 59 to break the record. Mark Andrews, he's going to get over 100. Uh, especially Cooper Cup. They're going to try and feed him and get to 12. If his reception total is like eight and a half, go over. They're gonna, he's going to get a lot of short passes. Matthew Stafford's going to want him to get this record. And it's the same thing for Gronk uh, with Tom Brady and whatnot, and Stefan Diggs as well. Trust me, everyone is aware of these numbers. The quarterbacks will help out their players. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. For you play. For you play. For you play. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today.